Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's podcast is brought to you in association with AG1. As you know, here at the Fight Disciples, we take health and wellness very, very seriously, especially around summertime when we're trying to heat the beach and look incredibly good. That's right. Beach God, dad bod and all that. Carry on. One man that is absolutely all in on the Beach God performance is the one and only Mr. Nicholas P. And AG1 is part of his daily routine, isn't it, Nicholas? Mate, it really is. It's coming up to about uh, 18 months to two years now where it's just been part of my daily habit. You know, I just have a drink every single morning. Um, and it's just a it's just a really nice nutritional supplement. It tastes delicious. I think it's got something like 75, um, 75 high-quality ingredients, all that kind of jive. You know, it's a micro-habitat for your body. You know what they say? Listen, I started taking it because it's a, a great way if you're not getting enough fruit and veg here, there, and everywhere, it's a brilliant way to just add to your what should be a relatively healthy diet. And it's just a nice little daily ritual for me. And you know what? It kind of just gets me going every morning. Some people drink coffee. I have myself a little AG1 shake and it works for me. And tell you what, listen, when I get out there with the people at the shows, you've seen it, man. I get inundated with fight disciples coming up saying, my God, you're so much better looking and you're so much thinner in real life than I thought you were on TV or on the podcast. And that's down to AG1, man. It keeps me healthy, it keeps me svelte, and it keeps me as the sex. There you go. If you want to look like the sex, like Nick Pete himself, then get yourself some AG1. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash fightdisciples. That's drinkag1.com slash fightdisciples. Go and check it out. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 762. We're the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA review from the weekend just gone. Lots to get stuck into, but before we do, please subscribe to us. If it's the first time you've ever been here, we do not want it to make it the last. So please uh, head to our website, fightdisciples.com. You can subscribe on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, you name it, we are there. Lords of people have already subscribed via audio feeds. And if you are an audio feed subscriber, can you do us a favor? Can you just subscribe to us visually as well? That'd be great. You don't have to watch us if you don't want, because I get it. We don't, we're not the most attractive of gentlemen. Uh, but you just help boost our profile on YouTube, and that's what we're trying to do at the moment. Uh, so if you could cross over to our YouTube channel, 
just hit the subscription button and then come back to your audio feed. That's all you've Correct. got to do. So thank you very Follow much. Follow us, your ox. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to do it polite. You've just gone all in. Um, but yeah, if you can do that, that'd be great. Um, Fight Disciples on YouTube as well. Much appreciated. Uh, big week this week because it's UFC London. We are going to be in town. I know that you're going to be in town as well. So there will be at some point some type of meetup where we can have a little bit of a high five, a get together and a chat about fights over a pint. Maybe at some point if you are attending at the weekend. So keep an eye on our social media. Uh, we're across everything. Twitter. We've got Instagram. I forget how many we've got. We've got TikTok. We've got this new thing called Threads that I'm. It's basically Twitter, but it's on Instagram. We've got we've got all sorts, mate. If there's an if there's a social media, just put in Fight Disciples. We'll be there in some somewhere, shape or form. So go and get stuck into it, and we'll keep you across everything that we're doing at uh, UFC London. Now at the weekend, if you've already listened to our boxing show, you'll know that I was on the radio. This we man, this man was in Wales. That's right, and I'm looking forward to uh, the breakdown on this because last year you gave us a full rundown of everything that was going on with the Four Nations. Technically, is it technically five nations this time? Because there were teams from no, Sweden. No, no, no. There, there was no the Sweden. The Swedes didn't fly over in the end. Yeah, but the, right, there was okay. a four so nations. So four yeah. nations. So the four nations. Last year, if you remember, when he did this, he highlighted some superstars that are going to be uh, coming through the four nations, and then we all jumped on social media and started following a few, and uh, I believe that a few of them are actually shot again in this year's four nations. So how was it, my man? How, uh, how how's my mate Mark Goddard? Is he all right? How's the, how's the big man? Mate, <laughs> you know what? Uh, you, you better have eyes in the back of your head this week, son, because the big brummy is coming for you, baby. You know what he's like? Nick, 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 listen, listen. I'm going to kill him. Like, <laughs> get him, get him. <laughs> Mate. I spent, when we were in Vegas last week, I spent all week fucking avoiding him. <laughs> just Just hiding. I've no doubt that he will get me this week because we're we're staying in the same location. We are we are doing a live weigh-in show on Friday morning, and the English Mixed Martial Arts Association are once again shadow uh, shadow covering the the entire event. So of course it will be man it will be managed by members of the English mm. Mixed Martial Arts Association. The scales on Friday morning it is unavoidable now because mm. you're going to be live on air. And Mr. Goddard's going to be in the same room. And he was like, I don't care if you're live on it or not. I'm getting him. And I was like, <laughs> yes! That weigh-in show Friday morning, 9 a.m. Friday morning on BT slash TNT. TNT YouTube now. Channel, TNT, TNT yeah. channel. Do not miss it. Because at some point, I'm my friend here is going to sleep live on it. <laughs> live on it. Amazing. I said to him, mate, do it. Take him out. Don't worry about the show. I'll pick it up. Just take them clean out. So yeah, you better wear. Uh, you better be ready with your fucking your telephone guard. That's <laughs> I do the show like this. Do the headset on, whole guard, whole show like this. <laughs> Amazing. But no, but mate, was, it was but, a but tremendous you, weekend. Hey, I tell you what, I did notice on your social media as well, which was great. Um, Veronica refereeing. I like yeah. this. That that, that uh, fighters obviously have a very high standard. Uh, stepping into the octagon to do a wee bit of refereeing at the weekend. Yeah, Veronica Hardy, current UFC flyweight. Well, I think she's done strawweight, flyweight, bantamweight, featherweight. Yeah, done them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done every bloody weight. She was current UFC star, star of the the UFC, and was it March when she fucking? Yeah, she was fantastic. Amazing. Yeah, she's 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 now a qualified referee. She was refereeing at the weekend. Likewise, Brett Johns, former UFC, current bantamweight 
uh, Bellator contender. He was refereeing fights as well. Both of them as well were like that. Fucking hell, it's well easier to fight than it is to referee. Refereeing, there's too much pressure on, man. But uh, yeah, they were refereeing the junior cage. And I tell you what, I was there all three days and I spent most of my time watching the juniors because honestly... It, amateur MMA, the rules are slightly different. So the gloves are bigger. You wear mm. shin guards. Um, you wear a vest, of course. But also with the juniors, especially, you know, there's no there's no head strikes whatsoever. There's no ground strikes whatsoever. It's just strikes to the body, and body and legs, obviously kicks and punches, and then grappling and the certain submissions you can't do. You can't do a, a guillotine. You can do an arm in guillotine. You can't do an arm out guillotine. There's other, you know, uh, uh, back like twisters and stuff like that. You can't do anything like that. That might damage the spine or damage the kids. And also in in, in youth uh, amateur MMA, the referee can stop the fight if you are deep in a submission, even if you don't tap, because a lot of these kids are, you know, very brave and brave, you yeah. know whatever else. So if you're deep in a submission and you don't look like you're going to be able to get out of that submission, the referee will stop the fight before anything untowards happens or the kid goes out. Good. Obviously, nothing like that. So it's great. Obviously, the seniors... They are allowed to strike to the head. There is a you know a, a different rule set over there. It's very similar to the normal rule set. But the the kids, honestly, just outstanding. 11, 12, 13, 14 years of age. Some of the grappling that I witnessed at the weekend, some of the transitions from one submission to another, some of the scrambles on the ground, especially, were just honestly incredible. Absolutely incredible. You got the likes of Dan Hardy and um Jack Shaw and Veronica and, and even, you know, Mark Goddard and, you know, people who, who have competed and been around the sport at the mm. very highest level, just like standing there oh, gobsmacked at the quality of these kids. And don't get me wrong, the seniors, some of the stuff going on in that cage was amazing as well. But over the course of three days, two almost 200 athletes from the four nations all competed. There was a prelim day, semi-finals day, effectively, and a finals day for uh, for the A Class A youth. And then on Sunday was basically finals for the seniors and B and C class youth and whatever else, and just different age groups, different weight divisions. It was just fascinating to be there, man. And do you want me to throw some names at you that stood out? Yeah, did my uh, well, I saw him on social media. Ron Crocker did the business again. Um, yeah. I saw that he was on the podium at uh, at some point. I don't know what weight category he was in, but uh, he, he picked himself up another medal. Yeah, and he was in a great fight as well, you know, uh, with a kid, an English kid, Ollie, Ollie something. Oh, I didn't make a note of his name, unfortunately, but he made a real fight of it, man. And, you know, Roan had to really dig deep in that one because it was a, it was a Herbie. The kid had a weird name, the English lad, but it was a, a great fight. Roan, listen, Roan's grappling, you know, he's, he's, Jack, he's short MMA, isn't he? His grappling's yeah. outstanding and, and it's tough for anyone to live with him. Um, and he got the job done. He won a gold medal. Short MMA, by the way. Shaky Shores, Jim. They they had a bag full of gold medals. You know they were outstanding. But other stands out, especially from that Jim Levi Bachelor. He looked incredible in every single performance that he put in. He's another, uh, obviously a Welsh representative from Scotland. If you remember last year's standout from yeah. Scotland, the fight of the yeah. tournament was Cunley Lawal. He won the gold medal in Liverpool, and and no one expected him to. And he was the star of the show. He came down to Wales, took a bit of a knock on his eye in winning on Friday, and it was it was closing over bad, and maybe that hampered his performance. He got beat in the semi-finals on Saturday. He actually went on and won the bronze medal playoff, but the final ended up being 
Scotland's Lorenzo Parenta, who's Cunley's t- uh, teammate, and Ireland's Nathan McGillan. And that, for me, was was the matchup I was looking forward to most on Sunday. Parenta came through it, won the gold medal, definitely one to look out for. So, so talented. Big, strong units of a welterweight. And also, but the, the fight that stole the show by a country mile was in the heavyweight division. There was only two wow. entries, so it was his great final. And it was Owen Cartridge from England against Trevor Makengo of Scotland. And I swear to God, they knocked seven kinds of shite out of one another for three rounds. It was absolutely brilliant. The, the entire the other cage, no one was paying attention. Everyone just turned the focus. Everyone was on the feet. They just, it was a proper slobber knocker. They just went for it, man. And it was unbelievable. Honestly, it was a sensational fight. One of them fights where you go, I don't care who's won. I literally don't care. They both literally left everything they had inside that cage. So, yeah, Owen Cartridge, Trevor McEngo were both brilliant. It was actually Cartridge who got his hand raised. Um, Nick Owen, shotgun Cartridge. Lovely. You know what I mean? You've got it with a name like Cartridge, you've got to deliver on a on a on a, a nickname as well. He does so. So yeah, that was that was the start of the show. Oh, out of the kids. Listen, I could talk all day about the kids. There were so many good ones. Jasmine Tyson from England was incredible. Alfie Thomas from Wales, incredible. There was a mega fight, all Wales final between Joseph Thomas and Kevin Evans. Now, Kevin Evans is a very experienced kid, been to the Worlds and everything, represented uh, UK at the Worlds. He fought his teammate in the final. His dad is the head coach of their gym, Kevin Evans' dad. He cornered the other kid against his son in the gold medal match. No. It was amazing. Honestly, cracker. And obviously, when the fight ends, they're, they're all hugs and everything else. It was, it was mega, honestly, brilliant. Such a good weekend. Finally, just one name to remember. And I think I might have mentioned this kid before, but I will mention him again. He's not my not my words, but the consensus in the room of people that are around amateur MMA an awful lot more than me and people that have seen talent for years. The same, when this kid walked into the cage, every official, everyone around kind of the sport went, oh, he's on now, I'm going to go and watch him. And because... The consensus in the room was he's the best junior fighter in Europe. And he's he's a kid who represents England and his name's Shea Williams. And I tell you what, this kid, phenomenal, mate. Phenomenal. Apparently, he's Mo Mokhiev's main training partner when he trains up in the Northwest. And Mo Mokhiev was on to uh, the, the England selectors and stuff when Mo was representing England saying... This kid coming behind me, this Shea Williams, this is the guy to get in the England team. Obviously, he's in the England team now. He's decorated. He's won medals everywhere. He obviously won the gold medal at the weekend. He was absolutely incredible to watch. How old is he? So, yeah. Oh, 14, 15? Fucking hell. But honestly, mate, cool, calm, collected, kicks like a mule, picks his shots really well, judges distance really well. Take down defense for days. His grappling's outstanding. Patient, just he's the one. Shea Williams. This is like when someone ten years ago said, "Oh, have you heard about this kid up at Everton called Wayne Rooney? He's going to be a big star." And next thing you know, he's fucking lighting up the Mega. Premier League with antics. Shea Williams could be that kid. He could be the next big thing in the sport. So yeah, you heard him here on. You heard his name here first 
on Fight Disciples. Make a note of it. Shay Williams from England. Tidy, man. Sounds like you've had a good weekend, pal. Cracking weekend. Cracking weekend. I got absolutely rotten drunk in Abergenny on Saturday night on my own. So if anyone's seen me staggering around Abergenny at fucking midnight. Abergenny. Can you not? You've been there. And you can't even. That's how pissed you were. You can't even Abergavenny. say Abergenny. Cracking little town. Yeah. What do you mean you're yeah. on your own? You, you, loads of people were with, there with you. Why did they not no, come out? We all had different. We were all staying in different places, and I was up in Abergavenny, which is about 15, 20 minutes away from everyone else. So I sat in a wine bar, watched the boxing on my laptop with her, and, and got myself through a bottle and a half of rose. Lovely jubbly. <laughs> Very sophisticated, me, you know, sitting in wine bars, drinking rose, watching boxing. Weird. I... <laughs> all good. Oh, good. Uh, have you managed to catch up with everything from the Apex? Yes, sure have. Oh, All right. Let's talk, man. Let's talk. Let's go main event, first and foremost. Holly Holm against uh, Myra Bueno Silva. We Listen, we highlighted it last week. Yeah. Bueno Silva is an elite grappler. That's what she's going to be looking for. She's going to be looking to get her hands on Holly Holm, and she did get her hands on Holly Holm. Yeah. Um, but before I even talk about the finish in the second round, do you know when you watch, this is going to sound horrible what I'm about to say. Do you know when you watch Holly Holm fight, does it does it feel retro to you? Do, do you know what I mean? Like now, the, the martial arts has come on so much, hasn't it? And yeah. you see female fighters now and they're so slick, sharp, so well-rounded. It feels like when I watch Holly fight, it feels like I'm still in 2016. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Do you know what I'm, there's just the style. It feels like I'm still there. And that yeah. sounds really harsh. And I don't want it to be harsh because she's an absolute OG. Therefore, go in Hall of Fame vibes, right? Mm -hmm. And I know she's 41 years of age now. And I commend everything that she's doing. She's still in incredible shape. But just stylistically, like she yeah. come out and she started fighting. I thought, it just looks dated. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. She's got that like uh, Clay Guida kind of style of like, oh, there volume, volume, there you go. volume, volume, yeah. volume. You're trying to outwork people. And I'm like, with all due respect, Holly, you're 41 years of age, man. And you, your style is very similar to where it's always been. Just volume and pressure. Just keep going, keep pouring it on. But, you know, you get to the end of the round. And it was, it, do you know what? I haven't seen the stats, but I guess, I guess the stats for round number one would be Holly Holm outstruck Bueno Silva three to one. I wouldn't be surprised if the stats look like that. But what Bueno Silva landed was far more damaging than what yeah. Holly Holm was landing. So even yeah. though she got outstruck, I thought Bueno Silva, end of the first round, I'm like, you know, mate, you're in a fucking good place here because Holly's in fifth gear and yeah. you probably won that round just by it, landing bigger, stronger shots. And it was messy what Holly was doing. Like, She's an elite boxer, and I was surprised that it's not range control, it's not in and out, it's yeah. I'm going to run at you yeah. and throw my hands at the same time, and I'm hoping to land something. And I'm yeah. like, that's what I mean when I'm talking about retro and dated styles. It, it, just, it just felt like it didn't belong in 2023, and I thought Bueno Silva was cool. She was calm, man. It was like, okay, yeah, all right. So, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, all right. We're doing that, are we? Right. Mm -hmm. I thought the finish... I don't know what your view of the finish is. But again, going back to a retro look or a dated look, 
I thought she handed the finish to Bueno Silva. It, it wasn't a case of like Bueno Silva did something absolutely extraordinary to get the choke. I thought Holly kind of handed it to her just mm. through na naivety of getting involved in a clinch and getting getting that close and positioning her head in a, in a particular place where Bueno Silva must have just been licking her chops going, eh? I'm, I'm, I do submissions, mate. Yeah, what are you doing? Okay, so that happened by that was it. End of. It, it just yeah. felt very. It, the finish felt very basic. Yeah, we don't see many of those ninja chokes for that reason. I think it is a, a you know, it's it's a thoroughly avoidable submission if you're aware of what's happening. And um, it what it, it came really quick at the start of that second round. Don't get me wrong. Once it was in, you fucked. Oh yeah, of course. Of course. She weren't getting out of it then, Holly Holm, but. Yeah, I, I I just expected, I don't know, I, I kind of expected Holly. She was the favourite. She was the betting favourite as well. It's very yeah. rare that the, the judges get it, uh, the, the bookies in Las Vegas. Yeah, but we told them last week what the crack was. We, we said what was going to happen. We said where Silver's strengths are. That's what we said. Of course. And it was like, Holly just got to use experience, a, a take down defence, keep this fight standard and keep it at range and get those nice big kicks going and, and work on her boxing. But the boxing was... Rushed, yeah, and the, the the head kicks were telegraphed, and I just think, with all due respect, she just looked old. Do you know what I mean? She looked forty-one. She doesn't. She doesn't look forty-one visually. She still looks like she's in her twenties. She looks incredible, but the sharpness the isn't there. Yeah, yeah the, the the sharpness wasn't there. The IQ wasn't there. It was just kind of like a bit of a rinse and repeat performance, and you know that. Unfortunately, that's what that's what happens when you get older. The reflexes just aren't quite there. The, the sharpness just isn't quite there. But maybe that's why you make a mistake like this. Because, we, we, you know, I know it's rumour that I started, but it caught fire now. And there's the, the UFC will be gauging this Ronda chatter. And even if they haven't made contact with Ronda, and I'm sure they have, I'm sure they've had a conversation. But even if they hadn't at that point, it would have been worked on Actually, this has kind of blew up on social media, Ronda, and the title belt is vacant. You know, we're open if you want to do a little GSP number and fly back, and we'll throw you straight in for this title belt. We don't give a fuck. We do what we want. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that if that conversation has got any merits, and again, I know I started it as a rumor, but still, these things catch fire that way. Hollywood have been in pole position. Pole position to go, well, we'll redo that, eh? Because that was a that was the, the end of Ronda's chapter in MMA really because it was Holly Hom then Nunez game over so we're going to play that back and see if we can reinvent Ronda I just think she kind of blew it here this was a big moment whether she took her eye off the ball whether she was looking past it or whether with all due respect as harsh as it is she's just passed it yeah I don't know but listen it was Bueno Silva's night she looked great again I thought she I, should, I thought she took the first and the finish was just like Mega. It was a dream performance from Bueno Silva. That was that's the stuff you dream about. Doing that to a former champion. Stand up, mm. stand up, fucking choke. Mega. Yeah. Yeah, great win. Fantastic win. Um, this card this card's a little bit weird, right? Because you look at prelims and it is decision heavy, but you look at yep. main card, and there's so many moments here where you go, fucking hell. Right, okay, sound. And the actual moment, if you if you've just come in and looked at results. The result doesn't necessarily always tell the story of, of the of the way that the 
fight led to the result, if that makes sense. For example, um, I'm going to save Jack Delamadaleta to the end, right? Because this is batshit crazy. Because Basil Hafez is my new favourite person in the world, right? But we'll come to it. We'll come to that at the end. Wow. Let's, wow. <laughs> let's do um, Albert Duryev against uh, Jung Yong Park. Let's do that one, right? Because mm-hmm. Park gets the win, right? He gets a, he gets a submission victory. But the tale of the fight that leads to it, Duryev sets off at like a hundred mile an hour, throwing. And again, this is a a, a guy that's not necessarily known for um, s- the smoothest of striking, let's just say. And Durayev, absolutely, output straight away. He's chucking bombs left, right and centre. He's mm-hmm. having a whale, whale of a time in the first round, isn't he? Having a good old time. Next thing you know, he ends up in a fucking choke right at the end of the first round. You think, you've you just what? You've just thrown the round away. <laughs> it's kind of neck and neck for a period of time. But you think that Durayev's kind of up. Then he ends up in the choke. So because of damage and effective grappling, you look at the end of that round and you go, Park probably, mm-hmm. probably just nicked that because you have another 30 seconds, son, you're in a bit of bother there, aren't you? And then he does the same again in the second round. Second round comes out. All right, we're here. We've got it. Have you learned from the first round? No, I've not learned from the first round because I'm back in a choke and this time I'm getting tapped out. I um, I like Park, to be honest. Mate, he's great. He's, he's, he's as well. Got, he obviously can take a whack as well. Chin on him, kid. He's got yeah, proper yeah. whiskers, and I think he—I don't know maybe he broke Darayev's heart a little bit, but Darayev was landing big shots, big shots that are probably knocked over lesser men. And when you land big shots like that, and 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 Park just eats it and keeps coming forward, expressionless, just like fucking boom, yeah, go ahead, sounds. He's just energizing me. I think that might have broke Darayev's heart a little bit, but the. I thought Park was brilliant. I, you know, I, th- I thought he won the first round, I, absolutely. And I think he come out and just made a bit of a statement in that second round with the submission. Duraev, for the all for the talent that he is, and I think he's a talented fighter. I don't, I don't know, man. There's, there's, there's nights like that where you're like, yeah. I turned up. You know what I mean? I put in a shift there, and I've got nothing to show for it. And shit, where am I at? Do you know what I mean? Those are the those are the performances that you start doubting yourself, and that's the hard thing for Darayev now is that he's going to come away going, "Fuck, I was on tonight." Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like I didn't turn up. It wasn't like a you know a bad night at the office. I was in. I was on, and this guy just took my best and walked me down and eventually choked me out inside two rounds. They're they're, they're hard nights to come back from from Darayev, but again, it was all about Park. Park was fucking brilliant, man. And he's a, he's a proper dude at middleweight. He's a proper guy. I'd like to see him fight a ranked opponent now because that's, what is that? Since he, he's he got one loss, hasn't he, to Robocop. And mm. since then, he's won, I think he's won four or five now. His last three have all been rear naked chokes. But he's never looked that good. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've never seen Park look that good. But this was like a breakout performance where you go, okay, this guy's legit, man. How good is he? I'd like mm. to find out. Hmm. Um, Terence McKinney, if we bring him up, yeah, I feel for Terence. I, I understand I why I he grieved afterwards. Because yeah. just oh. just on him, do, do you think he's suffering with confidence? Um, maybe a little bit. Listen, he's under a lot of pressure because he generated an awful lot of headlines because of his backstory, and he came into the UFC. He had a couple of viral moments plus the backstory, and it was like, okay, this guy's. 
a standout. He's going to be a bit of a star. Now he's having a hard time because he can't he can't put two wins together. And he comes into this fight with with Sadikov, and midway through the first round, he lands what should have been a takedown, but Sadikov grabs the fence not once but twice to stay on his feet. In fact, I think it might have been the second round before the finish to stay on his feet to avoid the takedown. Yeah, second round, first round, first round. He's got his back in that lock, can he, for about four minutes. That's right. In the second round, so it was just before the finish, and the referee doesn't penalise Sadikov. He just smacks his hand out the fence. Hey, don't grab the fence. Don't grab the fence. I think McKinney's complaint would be, well, that 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 changed the fight that because he's grabbed the fence. He's kept on his feet when I would have taken him down and that's allowed him to then manoeuvre into a position which became advantageous for him, which led to me being choked out. I do feel for him because I, I kind of agree. Yeah, man. You know, Maybe the, 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 the punishment should have been greater in that moment. Mm. But obviously, the, the, listen, again, I've I've seen referees do that and it and fights continue to play out and it not leading to a fight ending scenario so quickly. So I kind of feel for the referee because you know every time someone accidentally grabs, you know, it's just instinct, isn't it, to grab the fence. But in that moment, McKinney's argument was, well, that was me and the offense. Because you didn't penalize him, I it then became me and defense rather than offense. So yeah, man, I thought it was tough for him. Listen, Sadikov got it done and obviously Terence probably got accused a bit, a bit of sour grapes for his complaint, but I think there's a little bit of value in what he was saying. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, I get that. There is value in what he's saying. But, like that for, the, for example, the first round, he spends, what, four minutes in that lock, and he's, he's working away, he's grinding away. It, was, it just felt set, like a safe thing, you know what I mean? It wasn't like he was dishing out damage, wasn't he? He wasn't absolutely battering the living daylights out of him. And it wasn't a case of, right, I've got this grip on and I've got this choke on and I'm doing this, that and the other. Don't get me wrong, the, the, the body lock is a sol- it's solid. It's not, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. But for four minutes, it was a, ve- it was a bit of a, come on, you've got, you've well, got the fucker for four minutes, man. What are you doing with him? Yeah. And he didn't really do it. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what I do love. I love Ray Longo, man. I love, I love it when they go to Ray Longo in the corner and they put the microphone on him because he's just no filter whatsoever. He goes, he said something like, that's the, right, he's giving you the best. You've seen the best of him now for four minutes. That's it. He ain't, go, ain't going to do fuck all else. Go and get angry. Come on, man. Go and fuck this dude up. <laughs> like, get this angry. is elite. This is just elite corner work. He's going to go, get angry, man. Go and fuck the dude up. What's up with you? <laughs> and Sadie comes like, Okay, <laughs> and off he goes, trots off, and yeah, and does, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Obviously, there's that, there's the situation with the with the cage grab. I get it, and they should be punished a lot more. But for me, I just think Terence McKinney's suffering with confidence because mm. he bounces into the UFC seven second knockout. Matt Frivol is not a fucking joker, mate. He's he's legit. Mm-hmm. And he bounced in and smokes him. So there's pump. There's, there's a lot yeah. of pump on him. And then he gets need, he gets finished. He gets need, he gets finished. And I just personally think he's a young kid. 
He's dealing, obviously, with internet trolls and all this type of carry-on. I just think, I personally, watching his performances, do you know what it reminds me of? Mark Jacquesi, mm. right? Because he's he's fighting within him. It's, a, it's like a safe performance because he's, yeah. he doesn't want to become a viral thing. He doesn't want to become that thing. doesn't want to risk being the viral thing. Yeah, you mean, it, yeah exactly that. He's, he's just fighting within himself to get himself through the 15 minutes to go, right, way, I've done it. But because he's not going all out, it's making he's he, he's, yeah he's making it easier for people to to get all over him. I just think it's a it's a purely a confidence thing at the moment, Terence McKinney, because he's got bags of talent, the lad, bags mm-hmm. of talent. You, he's got star potential. It's just a case of him finding the thing again. And and Jacques's got gone through that, and he? he's gone through that period where he was lighting dudes up. Then he gets beat. Then he fights within himself. becomes wrestle heavy. And it becomes a safety, and he can't get out the he can't get out the thing of being safety. Yeah. Whereas that's where I think McKinney's at right now. Yeah, interesting observation, man. I can see that. I can see that absolutely. But that's listen. That can be a multitude of things, but he needs to he needs to get that sorted because what's yeah. that now? He's lost three out of his last four, or two two out of his last three, or whatever. Three out of his last four, I think he's lost now. So he needs to he needs to find himself quickly because. You know, this, this sport, unless, you, you know, you can't afford to be losing the succession of fights if you're not up there in the rankings, losing to top guys. So don't get me wrong, I thought Sadikov looked great. Yeah, he did. Attention to that. I thought he looked great. He worked the microphone as well. He said, hey, I'm from I'm from New York. Get me on in New York, man. There's no show without the Sadikov. Brilliant. That's great, man. I wouldn't be completely against the UFC running this back. And that's probably not fair on Sadikov. But then Terence McKinney, I thought there's value in. He did grab the fence. That did stop. Whatever. Yeah, so there is. I wouldn't be against running it back in New York, but uh, but yeah. What what did you make of the Francisco Prado stoppage of Otman Azatar? What do you make? What do you think of the stoppage? This is weird, right? Because you, the build up to the stoppage, I actually thought Azatar was doing quite well. I thought he, I thought he was well in that fight. I thought it was a very evenish contest. Maybe Azatar mm-hmm. slightly up. And then you have, obviously, he catches him. Predo yeah. catches him with your belt, doesn't he? And, he? and he sinks him. So then you have the ground and pound. Then you have the moment. But if we're really brutally honest about it, it's a t- listen, refereeing's tough. We know it's fucking tough. He's there. He's right in the moment. And he's watching it, isn't it? And he gave it but a chance stepped, to go. You know, he stepped, he, did. he stepped in once and he stepped back. He stepped in and he stepped back. He did. But if we're dead honest, and I know there's claret everywhere, and it might, it might look visually worse than what it was, Azatar kicks him off, mate. It's not a case of as he as he steps in, as he steps in, the kick literally simultaneously happens. Yeah, it, I think the referee's it, a second a too early. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or, or you could argue he's a second too late because Here's what I found. without yeah. the kick, without the kickoff, and and, and yeah. again. As the referee steps in, Azatar kicks him away. Literally yeah. the same moment. And he's and he's re- making the movement to get up as well at the same yes. time. He is kicking well, had the referee Had the referee stepped in a second earlier, I don't think there's any complaints. There's no complaints from me because yeah. Prado's Langdon, hammer fist, hammer fist, hammer fist. And there must be at least fucking seven, eight, maybe even nine that land. And land pretty clean as well. And there's one or two moments where Azatar's head bounces off the canvas and you just see his head stay on the canvas. You know, it, 
I'm not saying he was knocked out, but he certainly felt those strikes where he's like, oh, you're coming back into it. And there was was a couple of moments and the referee went, I'm going in. Azatar lift his head back up and and start trying to fight for hands again. And the referee just stepped out. And all this is happening in split second timing, of course. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The referee kind of goes to go. No, he's okay. Oh, no, he's okay. I better go now. And I think it's the second or at least the third time that he eventually goes. And again, if he goes a second earlier, I'm like, that's a great stoppage. Good stoppage. Azatar was... You know, just getting getting his head smashed in there. Prado was in the zone, but because of the kick comes simultaneous mm. to the stoppage, yeah, I can see why Azatar's pissed, man, because he's like, oh, "Fuck, I've just kicked them off." So, so yeah, man, I, I don't think it was a terrible stoppage. No, it's not a terrible. But I, under, I understand you... both sides sides of the argument here. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's not terrible. It just optically, it just looks bad. But like you just said. If he goes half, a, even half a second earlier, it's sound. Good but stoppage. we say, yeah, we, we say it all the time on the show. I'd rather someone be early than late, mate. You know, mm-hmm. and Predal lit, lit him up. He did light him up. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. look at the gash on the fucking side of the kid's head. It's that heavy shots, heavy shots. Yeah. He was landing. Yeah. Good win for Predal, by the way. Very That's good win. He's an interesting scalp, dude, isn't he? He's a stocky dude, isn't he? Like, pro, like a thick set kid. Yeah. Could take a whack as well because I thought, like I say, Otmar Azatar cracked him a couple of times, cracked him good, and he seemed to just eat it up, walk, walk through it, fished it straight back out. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a talented lad, and like he's obviously got a bit of a nasty streak about him because when he sniffed it, he went straight through the gears to uh, yeah. to get himself the victory. He's very strong, very mm. strong, and that was a big that was a big moment for both of them. We talked about it on Thursday. This was like a a bit of a crossroads fight, both of them coming off defeats for the first time. How are they going to react? It's a big moment, lovely bit of mat- matchmaking. And uh, I think Prado will fly after that. That was a big win, that for him, massive win. Right, Basil. I'm not talking about the decision. There's only one decision on that main card. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Basil. Well, this is the decision, isn't it? Let's talk about this decision. Basil is the main man, right? Basil Hafez. We took the piss last week, didn't we, with a phone call that went into Basel and he just rocked and rolled and went straight in. Um, off the back of last week's show, I started doing a little bit of nosing around. Who is Basel? Never heard of him. Who the What's fuck the... is Basel? What the fuck is Basel all about? Anyway, he's rocking and rolling with Justin Gaethje on the mats up there, isn't he, and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, all right, Basel could do a bit. If he's hanging out with them lads, he could do a bit. Turns out Basel could do a bit and he don't give a fuck about Jack Delamadalena, does it? Fair enough, lad. So Jack Della Maddalena was fussed by the week before. His fight ends up falling off and he stays in Las Vegas to get himself a knock. Basil Hafez sticks his hand up. Bear in mind, we are told that Basil Hafez has put his hand up previously to fight Jack Della Maddalena and Bo Nickel. He said, I'll have him and all. I don't give mega. a fuck, mate. Give him. Fucking mega. So, so Basil Bo does, Nickel not give, does not give a shit, right? <laughs> trots it, trots into the octagon. We're all expecting, right? We've he said he's in shape, man. Mate, So we know that Jack Della Maddalena is one of the best boxers in the UFC. There's no doubt about yeah. that. And he needed all those fucking skills to, navi- to navigate Basil Lopez at the weekend because he's thinking, right? Sound they boosted us to call man because it's me, Jack Della Maddalena. I'm the, I'm the hottest prospect I'm the show. in the UFC. I'm the guy, man. You know what I mean? I've stuck around for an extra week. I'm on my way to Sydney in a, in a few weeks to take on Sean Brady. Wicked. Touch gloves, yeah? Bosh. Basil just goes, 
straight into fifth gear. Right, son, let's have some. And away they go. And Jack's like, whoa, what the fuck? Right, you motherfucker. And off they go. Basil's picking him up, wazzing him on the deck. Mate, that first five minutes is hilarious. Fair enough. Jack sorts it out. Eventually, yeah, yeah. He, he, he sorts it. And I, and I saw that people online saying, oh, he's no. had it. Basil's the been commentary. The commentary was horrific. The commentary was absolutely was. shocking. DC and Dominic Cruz, absolutely terrible. Because, but listen, I, I thought the first round was pretty close. Uh, yeah, I thought they both landed some mega big shots. Gazel yeah. had, Basil had some moments on the ground as well where, where you know, Jack was repeatedly going for the guillotine and Basil's gra- grappling game was excellent. And he kept getting side control. On the ground, Basil's outstanding. Yeah, he was very good. Very good top pressure. And, uh, yeah, listen, I thought the first round was really close. In fact, I'd give it to Basil. I was like, yeah, man, you fucking... You got your bell rang a few times, but you rang Jack's bell a few times well, man. You landed some big punches. And this is a damaged business. What uh, The issue I had with Basil, certainly in two and in three, which is not something that... The, the exact opposite of what the commentary team picked up on. Dominic Cruz and Daniel Cormier especially get so excited when someone scores a takedown. Yeah, But a takedown is just a change of position. You don't Correct. score takedowns. It doesn't do anything. If you take someone down and do nothing on the ground, it counts for fuck all. Yeah. What you count is the damage. Where did the damage happen in the fight? Well, Jack Della Madalena has just fucking lit him up. Body shots, head shots, everything. Jackson Cruz control now. He's winning the standoff battle. He's winning comfortably. On two occasions, he incorrectly goes for a guillotine, which his corner team savaged him for. And... Um, by pulling down, Basil was able to go to his happy place, which was the grappling, into side control, blah, blah, blah. And he's got top heavy pressure, everything else. But he didn't do anything. He didn't threaten nope. Jack on the ground at all. There's no sustained ground and pound. There's no submission attempts whatsoever. All he's done is change position. You don't reward yep. that. So in commentary, when Jack Della Madalena's battered him for three minutes, and then the final minute of the round is Jack on his back and Basil inside control doing absolutely nothing. And you've got Dominic Cruz and Daniel Cormier going, I think he's just pinched that round. I think he's pinched the round here, hasn't he? He hasn't done anything. What are you talking about? And you always know when the commentary is off. Because if you notice in the UFC, at the start of two, three, and champ four and five, they will flash up social media posts from fighters, one or two media yes. members. Yes, tell yes, you how yes. the round's gone. How's the round being scored? How's the round being scored? Yes. When the commentary is off and they're talking wham, yeah. they never flash them up because Daniel Cormier and Dominic Cruz are talking about Basil winning the fight. Yeah. And you won't see any posts because everybody else who actually knows how to score fights yeah. are saying, he's winning this fight. Jack Della Madalena is probably two up now. And they're saying the exact opposite. So they don't flash it up, the UFC. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because, because they know. And then what makes it worse is in round three, DC's going, well, the bookies have got Jack Della and Madalena minus 3,000 up now. Well, they're obviously seeing something we're not seeing. And I'm like, yeah, we're all seeing what you're seeing. <laughs> you just don't know how to score a fight because you're a wrestler. You go, oh, he's took him down there. He's took him down. Oh, he's won the round. Now, nah, man, this is not wrestling. You read the unified rules. Listen to what you're being told from judges and officials. It is a change of position. It is not something you score. And even though, as I say, Basil had his 
got a couple of takedowns in two, maybe even one or two in three. He did zero with it. Jack Della Madalena wins two and three comfortably. And you know what? I could even argue he won one. Yeah, I think I did, based on what you've just said there. Regarding takedowns, unless you slam someone through the fucking mat. Yeah, correct. You know what I mean? You, you, because it's classed as damage. You could score yeah. that, but it is a change of position, as you've just rightfully said. Um, I thought I thought Jack won comfortably. So when I went on social media, people are going, ah, oh, it's like Paddy and Jared Gordon, that. Fuck so Robert, uh, mate, they're going fucking wild for it. I'm going, what are you talking about? I, I didn't even pay any attention because I thought Jack's hands from, from two, three, especially, even in one, he, there was some good stuff in there. He's, he's, he's rich to the body, absolutely sensational. When he gave yeah. up on jumping that guillotine in, in round three, yeah, he was great. But he must have been like, what the fuck? I didn't expect this. This, this dude guy's... just come out of nowhere and now I've got to work for this 15 yeah. minutes. Right, okay then. That's what you do. You get a last minute opportunity and you have a go. Third mm-hmm. player, Basil. He sat there and he traded with one of the best boxers in that division. He yeah. took a lot. He took some clean on the chin, some dirty body shots. And he's like going, rah, I went again. And he's wanting his own little looks in there and clipping Jack. And Jack must be thinking, what? <laughs> Mate, I thought it was great. And I very similar to what we said last week about um, Val Woodburn. Get yeah. Basil back in. Get him and give him a give him a full camp, book him a proper fight, and let's see how far the kid can go because performances like that absolutely deserve rewarding. He lost, but no shame in that. Crack on. Can't can't wait to see Basil do his thing. I completely agree. Basil was brilliant. You know, I I just wanted to get into the scoring of it because because the commentary team I think persuaded a lot of people Basil had done a lot more than he did. He didn't, he didn't win. But to come in at late notice and do that with one of the best prospects in the whole sport, with one of the best welterweights on the planet, was incredible. And that's full credit to Basil. He never got ready. He stayed ready. You can see that by his physical condition. Basil was fucking ripped. Jack must have been like, he's a standing. Look at him. He's fucking (laughs) 4% body fat on the bastard. Fucking abs for days. And obviously Basil's, you know, a little bit of a psychopath about him. He trains with Justin Gaethje, for fuck's sake. Anyone that trains with Justin Gaethje, yeah, he's obviously got a screw loose because Justin Gaethje's got a fucking bit of a screw loose. So that says everything you need to know. But yeah, I, listen, he was brilliant. Ian, I hope he, I hope he got a good payday because the UFC said, "Listen, we know you've been waiting in the wings, Basil, Jack Della Madalena. You fancy it? We'll bump it up. We'll put your co-main and mate, payday. Yes, please. That ain't no eight grand start. That's a decent little bit of wedge. Yeah, go on. I'll step in. I'll help you get Jack a fight. Why not? Let's do it." That's a good payday. Then on top of that, he produces that performance. There's your 50 grand bonus as well, Basil. Fucking brilliant. There's not a fight fan out there that never watched that performance and went, yeah, man, I'd like to see Basil again. I'd like to see Basil in the UFC's welterweight division again because yeah, to do that cool. with a ranked guy on your debut, late notice, mega. Brilliant. Good for him. Yeah, well done, him. Um, as, as I said, uh, prelims were a bit decision heavy. Um, that, did you see that arm break for Nunes? No, I didn't catch up with that. Which one was that? Oh, Estella Nunes Estella against, against Dudikova, yeah. Oh, sorry, I did see it on social media. I've seen the whole fight on social media, yeah. Bloody yeah, hell. Yeah, it's only about 30-odd it's only about seconds. The, uh, so Dudikova shoots. I can't remember whether it was a single or a double, but as she falls, yeah, she, she puts her arm down and it snaps. It's 
completely snaps the other way, man. And uh, obviously, it's classed as a TKO then. Fucking it. That's just horrible. You know, that's just that's just bad fortune, isn't it? You know. Yeah. She probably gets taken down and puts her arm out to support herself a dozen and, times a day in training. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, on the big stage, when it matters most, the arm doesn't bend in the right way. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> There you yeah. go. That that was your uh, that was your stuff from the Apex in the uh, in the UFC at the weekend. And of course, we'll we'll continue the conversation with the UFC throughout the course of the week as we build up towards UFC London. But there's one other thing that we just wanted to fly up here as well, right? Phil De Vries. And the reason why we're talking about Phil De Vries, KS, they met this dude has absolutely mm-hmm. run through the whole of the uh, KSW heavyweight division. What is it now? Ten on the spin. Ten bad boys on the spin, something ridiculous. He is setting records left, right, and center. Ten straight defenses. Phil DeFries, KSW, heavyweight champion. Ladies and gentlemen, once Francis Ngannou was stopped messing about, I say messing about, it's not Francis Ngannou messing about, it's boxing that's messing about. Francis Ngannou's out there trying to achieve a dream. We commend him for doing that. Once he's finished achieving this particular dream and he comes back to the world of MMA and he's going to be looking for some heavyweight opponents in the PFL, this is the guy. Give him the go. Give mm-hmm. Phil the priest the go with Francis Ngannou because with all due respect, all the other heavyweight talent, he's locked into the UFC. Who's the best heavyweight outside of the UFC bar Francis Ngannou? It's Phil the priest, ladies and gentlemen. Get him in that fight. <laughs> all aboard. Choo-choo. I was chatting away to the uh, to the PFL guys. There were some of the PFL reps at the, uh, the Four Nations on Sunday because they, they were doing a bit of a sponsorship thing and obviously Dan Hardy is involved in yeah. uh, getting some of the amateurs on some of the PFL shows in the future and stuff, which is mega exciting. Um, but I was chatting to them about it and I was like, you know, is there any chance? Like, you know, what are you going to do with Francis after he's finished his dance with Tyson Fury? You know, who are you going to put him in against? Because there ain't no other heavyweights. And I was pushing for Phil DeFries and I was like, mate, he won last night again. That's 10 straight. I think he won the title. Nine straight defences. Yeah. Eight finishes in those 10 performances as well like he's Great. absolutely on fire and uh and they were they were certainly open for the conversation man they were like listen we're exploring every opportunity we want the biggest fight possible for francis when he's ready to come back to the pfl um but yeah well obviously they're talking about francis's two fights with fury because they realized that he needs a rematch there's a rematch clause in there so they were optimistically talking about that but uh, but yeah, Phil DeFries is absolutely in the conversation. I know KSW at the weekend were like, mate, our heavyweight champion, he can cross over. He'll fight Francis any fucking day of the week. It's a proper fight, man. Phil DeFries is legit. Mate. He's a unit and he can fight, mate. He's got loads of experience. Rounded as well. Subbed at the, subs at the week. Mate, he's, he's got the lot. Yeah. He's absolutely got the lot. Have you seen this gym there? And the Aspinall's built? No. Just monsters. Mate. Honestly, it's like a... Like a monster's it, ball. It, it's just only heavyweights are allowed in. No little guys. That's it. They built obviously Tom Aspinall's his boy, right? So Tom's main not gripe has always been can I get the sparring partners? Can I get the work? For Me years work. and years and years, he's been working obviously with smaller people. He's had to go to different locations around the world in order to get the elite level uh sparring work, hasn't he? He spent a lot of time in Holland. Uh, with Rico in the in the world of kickboxing and, and what have you. So anyway, these injuries come along. 
and his dad, Andy Aspen, mate, and his ace, isn't he? What a dude, Andy Aspen. I, I'm looking forward to seeing him this week because we shoot the breeze. We have a little coffee. We shoot the breeze about all sorts of random shit. But he's gone away. He's formed all these heavyweights up. He said, right, lads, how are you getting over you? I think he's created them in some kind of fucking weird laboratory. Like, like Frankenstein. You know I mean? Yeah, it's like, it's like it's like in um, Lord of the Rings where Salman fucking grows these orcs <laughs> underground, these fucking fighting Urukai. That's what they are. They're like Andy Aspinall's fighting Urukai, big fucking white handprint on the faces. You look at pictures of the guys training with Tom now, and you're like, where the fuck did you get these fellas from? Just monst- just a monster's row, just complete and utter right. monsters. Obviously, Mick Parkin being one of them, Mick Parkin making yeah. his debut. Next week in UFC, this week, sorry, in the UFC. Mega. Unbelievable. Honestly, the fight in Orakai, that's what they should call a gym. I'm going to speak to him about that. Trademark. He's, uh, he's, 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 he's basically found out that all heavyweights have problems finding the, the size exactly. of the sparring partner. So he's basically gone, well, why don't we all just get together and beat yeah. fuck out of each other? Right? So that's what he's done. He's built this super gym. Of these heavyweights, Phil DeFries is obviously in there. You've just mentioned Mick, who's making his uh, UFC debut this weekend. Tom's obviously in there getting this grab. Mate, Andy Aspinall's heavyweight fucking Lord of the Rings taking over team. Fighting Jesus Urukai. Christ. That's who they are. There's about 10 of these fucking 20 stone monsters that are running around the gaff, kicking shit Mate. out of each other. Mate, wherever that gym is, I'd love to own. Like a calf nearby, because you'd make a fucking oh, fortune. Eh? Imagine, imagine the amount of fucking pancakes and syrup those bastards get through. Jesus Christ. Whoever owns the local calf by that gym must be fucking picking a boat like Conor McGregor right now. Unbelievable. Damn right. They'll, all be, on deck. They'll all be on deck this week, uh, because a few of them will be in uh, in Tom's corner. We, uh, we, Dad, looking forward to seeing him back in action. It's going to be some week as Tom Aspinall takes back to the O2 Arena to take on Marcin Tibura. Uh, that's us done for this week. Um, yeah, listen. I hope, I hope, just on a on on that UFC London because we've 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 mentioned it, but we haven't really mentioned it. Mate, we're we're totally aware of the fact that, my personal opinion, the tickets are overpriced. Tickets for UFC London are overpriced. Unfortunately. When they did the numbered event in March with Leon Edwards and the price went through the roof, and we know better than anyone. Fucking hell, we both promised our dad's tickets for Christmas, not knowing that the prices were going to go through the roof. Cost us a bleeding fortune. But the the ticket price, because it's sold out then, they've kept it the same for this fight night event. And with all due respect, you know, it it's not fair. It really isn't fair. You know, the, the ticket prices are absolutely shocking. Um, so I feel for a lot of fans out there, mate. A lot of fight disciples have reached out. People that are, that we've seen and had a bevy with at every UFC event that are reaching out, going, mate, I literally just cannot afford this anymore. I cannot afford it. And hopefully the UFC will realize that, you know, the UFC is in a weird spot right now because the new owners endeavor, they've got investors that want to return on that money. And we can we can all see it. You know, you you watch the UFC events at the weekend. Honestly, can they get any more fucking logos on that canvas? It's getting mm-hmm. ridiculous now. It's starting to become a distraction, honestly. There used to be four or five major logos. Now there could be as many as 20 logos on the octagon. And, and it's off-putting, I'll be honest with you. It's like fucking a NASCAR jacket. It's crazy. But the new owners want, want to see returns. And with all you go to a market and 
you rinse that market and you sell out, they're never going to drop the prices again. You know, and I, hopefully they learn from it. And it sounds brutal, but I kind of don't want it to be a sellout because I want it. I want them to go. Okay. I don't think it. I don't think it is at the moment, is it? I don't think it is no, a sellout. La- last I heard, they were they were closing the upper balcony, so I don't know whether they've moved tickets around or you know they they're going to do something else. Listen, if it isn't a sellout, hopefully the UFC did the right thing and go down to places like London Shoe Fighters and GB Top Team and go, there's fucking 50 tickets for the kids, there's 50 tickets for your youth, and fill the place up with maybe maybe the next generation that can't afford it. And believe, listen, I'll be totally honest, if, if I wasn't in the privileged position that we're in, I wouldn't be able to afford it. The tickets no. are What's just... the cheapest ticket? What is it? What is the cheapest ticket? Well, I, th- I think it's about two or three, 200 quid or something like that, 170 Fuck. quid. And that's for the bleachers, you know what I mean? And then you put on the fact that Travel, which is once again disrupted this weekend. So getting to London this weekend's a nightmare because the trains are all over the place. I don't think there's any trains on Friday or Saturday, which is fucking is ridiculous again. But again, we experienced this with the cup final not, not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. The and then Hotels. you put ho- a London Hotels hotel on there as well. You know, to it's even, grand, even to go alone, you're five hundred quid to a grand, isn't it? That's it. You know, imagine you wanted to take your son. Imagine your, your, your son or your daughter or your wife or your, your boyfriend or whatever was a massive fan. You thought, you know what, we'll go together. We'll have a great weekend down in London. You're looking at over a grand for one night's entertainment when you put everything in. And that's just, it's not where I want this sport to be. We are still in the growth stage. We are still in the stage yeah. where mixed martial arts, for a lot of people, is still like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to get into it now. I'm really starting to enjoy it. At the massive boom time during COVID because it was the only sport still going. And judging by what I saw at the weekend, there's more and more families and everyone getting involved. And the sport is absolutely growing exponentially on a grassroots level. But if you're outpricing people from seeing the Champions League of the sport, then there's got you're causing a disconnect already. It's got to be a smooth transition to go, oh, yeah, man, I'm all in. My son trains it now. My daughter trains it now. I'm going to take them. I'm going to take them to see the UFC so they can aspire to one day be there. And then you look at it. And for a family of four, you know, you're looking at the same prices of fucking a week oh, in Spain. Yeah. yeah. You know, again, listen, we very, really criticize the UFC on this show because we love it. And they're doing it right, especially when we compare it to other fight sports. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. getting what we want. We're getting what we want out of the sport when it comes to UFC in terms of delivering the fights we need to see. But they've got this one wrong. And hopefully they realize that. And hopefully when they do come back to the UK and to Europe in the future, they, they price the tickets right. Because we can't be outpricing fans at this stage. Because you're pushing them away. Be interesting to see what Paris is priced at. Listen, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm totally oblivious to this because obviously I'm not in the in the getting online and trying to buy tickets anymore, am I? Because, like you say, we're in a privileged position where we go along as as people that are covering this for for our broadcast. Yeah, be interested to see where Paris is at and whether uh, it's equivalent. Price It'd just be wise. interesting to see this this week. You know, when we when we uh, when we put a little note out there, probably on Friday, to say come and have a beer with the lads. Yeah, if any, what the buzz is like? Any of the old yeah. familiar faces turn up because there's a lot of fight disciples that go to all the European UFC events, and you know them. You, you know, there's a dozen or more that we've seen regularly at UFC London, UFC Paris. Mate, we just saw a lot of them in Vegas. Yeah, uh, Kelly and Earth crew. They're yeah. they're all out there, aren't they? They they, they go all exactly. over the world. How many of them are going to be able to make it to London? Because you, you know, it's all good. It's all going well. Going right. You know what? I'm going to spend a couple of thousand pounds. I'm going to go to Las Vegas. It's a bit of a dream. I'm going to go to New York. But when it's a couple of thousand pounds to go to London, 
Yeah. As much as I love Tom, as much as I love Molly, Jesus Christ, for a fight night? You're talking thousands of pounds? Wait a minute. I could fucking probably go to Las Vegas or, or New York for similar money. That's yeah. when it becomes a problem. Yeah. But anyway, still can't wait. What a great week we're going to have. I'll see you tonight in London then, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll be there. Paul's deep. Enjoy it. Well, I won't be. I'll be getting shorts out by Mark Goddard. So there's something Correct. to tune in for. Make sure you make sure you get stuck into any of that nonsense. Have you been, uh, it's going to be good. practicing your TNT puns. Welcome to TNT for an explosive night here. <laughs> like the fuse been. paper, kids. We are ready to go on TNT. That's it. New channel. New channel this week. All guns blazing. Um, looking forward to be bringing you loads of stuff uh, this week across that channel, uh, including. Shall we tell them? Shall we tell them what's happening Saturday night? No, let's let them. Let's let them find out. Let's it'll be a nice little surprise. Oh, oh, on Saturday night, by the way, and this is a this is a big topic of conversation online now with the fight disciples. We need to know, man. What are you going for? Are you going? Are you going? Are you going full Ten Hag again? Are you going to switch no. over to more of a Jaeger <laughs> no, kind of mate. No, baseball mate. No, cap no, no, and no. chain and jacket? You know, who, who are we going after? Uh, I think I'm going to go Guardiola this time, mate. Full Guardiola. I've no idea what I'm going to do on Saturday night. No idea. I ain't figured it out yet, but I'll figure it out. I'm not going to go Ten again anyway. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in to us. You can subscribe to our podcast via our website, fightdisciples.com. Go and get stuck in uh, to the audio feed and also come and join us on YouTube as well, Fight Disciples there. We'll have some content for you this week from London, getting you closer to the action. So come and join us for that. Fist bins in town, so the boys will be out and about. We'll have a little bit of a laugh, shall we? Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.